Today on Consequence, we learn about some of the strange games they play at Ramtha's School of Enlightenment. So imagine us all wearing blindfolds, approximately 500 individuals on either side of a huge, huge field, and then you're instructed to run as fast as you can to the other side of the fence. Well, how are you going to know when you hit the other side of the fence? Well, exactly that, you're going to hit it. You're not going to see it coming. This is Consequence, true stories about false things, presented by the James Randi Educational Foundation. I'm Brian Thompson. On Consequence, we look at the harm caused by believing in pseudoscience, superstition, and the paranormal by letting the victims of those beliefs share their stories with you. Today, I'm talking to David McCarthy. Years ago, David left his family in New Zealand to join Ramtha's School of Enlightenment in Washington State, a compound for the followers of Jay-Z Knight. Knight claims to channel an ancient warrior named Ramtha, who supposedly issues spiritual guidance to those who pay to attend Knight's school, buy her books, or watch her DVDs. Now, you might be familiar with some of Ramtha's teachings from the quasi-documentary What the Bleep Do We Know, which was produced by Knight's followers. Well, in the course of my talk with David, we learn what it's like to be immersed in this kind of culture, so much so that you're willing to cut yourself off from friends and family outside the circle. But first, a little bit of explanation. What is Ramtha's School of Enlightenment? It's an organization that's based in the USA, in Washington State, and it purports itself to be, as, as its title, a school of enlightenment. Uh, it is neither both. It's actually a multi-corporation, international corporation uh, for profit, for business. Uh, it's run by, uh, solely by a woman by the name of Jay-Z Knight. Um, she's quite infamous, I think, in the um, New Age area for uh, so-called channeling 35,000-year-old uh, human being called Ramtha. Uh, who she purports to um, to be a, a real character and somebody that has um, spiritual knowledge that she imparts or she he imparts for a very very high price uh, that um, basically brings you to a place of enlightenment through Ramtha um, through the, what the school teaches over a period of courses and. Um, once you sign up for that, it's pretty much uh, open-ended. There's no way out. The enlightenment never arrives. Uh, and basically, as I say, it's, a, it's an international corporation fronting as a score. It's a cult with the big C. Uh, it's uh, very destructive, very deceptive. So it's, uh, its membership uh, probably stays around about the same amount with the amount of fallout of people leaving, but then she recruits new members constantly uh, around the world using various uh, multimedia um, uh, uh, instruments, you know, tools, the IT instruments. And so I was one of those, uh, dare I say, victims of this organization. Uh, I was a member for seven years, a solid, staunch, faithful member. Uh, I joined uh, Ramford School of Enlightenment, which is abbreviated as RSE, um, and I was living in New Zealand at the time and uh, I was 
recruited into the organization and uh, joined it joined it in 1989 and I actually quit around 1996 and it took me another four years or so to actually uh, get my critical thinking working again and get uh, to think clearly about what actually happened to me, what actually happened to my life, my mind, my family. And pretty much since that time, I've been speaking out and trying to warn the public, educate the public and friends and uh, people that are still involved in this organization about what its true nature is and what Jay-Z Knight is really doing to people and uh, what her motives are. This is a, a complex story. So um, I guess maybe can you explain how somebody who is just a regular person, um, I guess Jay-Z Knight was just a regular person, and then she decided that she was going to uh, channel this this ancient spirit. How does somebody go from that to being the leader of a cult? I mean, there are a lot of channelers around the world who claim to... to uh, talk to spirits or that spirits talk through them. Um, when does it go from being just something that's done for small profit or entertainment to something that's an organization? Sure, or even something that may be quite legitimate to begin with uh, in a sense of spiritual, whichever connotation, meaning that most people have for that. Uh, how did it jump from perhaps being something that was maybe quite innocent uh, to something so massive, uh, to my mind, that's uh, created a, a cult. Uh, I think that it can just boil down to some simple uh, uh, analogies of greed, um, perhaps uh, just uh, a mental instability that was not recognized in the very beginning. Uh, um, from, I believe, Jay-Z Knight has been doing this uh, sort of thing since 1978, 1980, she really got into this stuff, and I think she discovered it was a gold mine. Um, she came in at the um, um, beginning of, how would I say, a kind of new age wave of, of books and thinking, people looking for new answers, music. Um, you know, I'm a musician myself, so if you consider perhaps the, the term new age music um, started to appear in, um, in stores at that time in the 80s and 90s. So there was a kind of um, people willing to go out on a limb, uh, talked about out on a limb, uh, Shirley uh, MacLaine uh, brought out the movie in a book and uh, she's actually talking about Ramtha in that book or her experience with Jay-Z Knight and Ramtha. So you can see that um, it, it kind of got very popular and with some of these <coughs> personalities um, get into it, actors and so forth, uh, it's it's um, it all looks very very nice on the outside, uh, and it looks quite legitimate if you've got certain people joining these groups, uh, and also jumping back to RAM for scoring enlightenment. I'll call it RSE, uh, calling itself a score, um, and then visiting the the premises. Uh, you would you would not think that the well there isn't some kind of um, how can you say, government control over what you would call a score, a legitimate score. There'll be checks and balances in place. Surely just nobody could just start up a score, an international score, and have thousands of people attending that they, there wouldn't be checks and balances already in place. So you assume so much when you first get into one of these uh, organizations because there are many of them, Brian. It's just, uh, RSE is just one of perhaps thousands, but it's one of the top ones 
And for me, obviously, it's one of the most uh, damaging and uh, uh, horrible, horrible places um, that you can imagine. Uh, but um, just back to your question on, on Jay-Z Knight, <clears throat> the beginning, uh, from personally myself, uh, I believe she's suffering from MPD, multiple personality disorder of, of a kind. Uh, I believe she has a sociopathic mind where uh, uh, that kind of mindset does not, cannot feel empathy uh, and guilt uh, and remorse. So your actions really uh, an act, an an act, if you like. There are, your actions are based on just mimicking human emotions, human behavior to basically make it through the day. But with somebody with that kind of complex mind and uh, problems, I believe she created this, this character, uh, Ramtha. Uh, perhaps there was other stages before that. And it's become this huge um, uh, business, uh, mogul business for her. And um, it's, a, it's a one fantastic act, but through a mind that I feel is, is very, very uh, sick. And uh, it's hurt a lot of people. So on the surface, this is a school that people go to. I guess you pay money to go to it. And you're supposed to receive some of the teachings of this this spirit that's channeled through Jay-Z Knight, this Ramtha spirit. So so who is Ramtha supposed to be? Ramtha, um, now, just to start off with, uh, if I talk about Ramtha, I'm going to separate the so-called character from Jay-Z Knight just for reference sake. But I'm, I'm still referring to Jay-Z Knight when I'm mm-hmm. talking about Ramtha. I'm not going to, uh, I don't, have no doubt Ramtha does not exist, but just for the sake of you know, clarity, I'll just say Ramtha. Uh, <clears throat> Ramtha would say that um, he lived around 35,000 years ago. Uh, he was a barbarian that um, pretty much suffered as a human being and then went to war with humanity at that time. And in that warring, um, he started to awaken his his super consciousness or his God within. And over a period of marching around the world, um, uh, killing and warring and, and so forth, over very many stories that Ramtha gives out, uh, he came to a point to understand it was all within and that he needed to contemplate the God within. And after, I believe he talks about he, don't forget, I'm talk, really talking about Jay-Z Knight, uh, contemplated on rock for seven years. And at the end of that seven years of contemplation, um, basically became enlightened and ascended. Uh, one of the first human beings to ever ascend. Uh, and then in that ascension, um, became enlightened. Now, after 35,000 years, Ramtha decides he's going to come back and enlighten his people. Now, if you join RSC, this cult, uh, you'll be convinced that you were one of his people 35,000 years ago, part of his massive army. And during that time, he, would, uh, he said that he would come back and basically rescue us from our own humanity and teach us uh, what he knew, what he learned, and eventually bring us into ascension uh, and claims to be that he's the first human being to ascend. And in that, he created uh, all the uh, masters from that time onwards, Buddha, Jesus, Mohammed, uh, you name it. Uh, so he's pretty much, you know, uh, top of the list, uh, the ascension uh, um, groups or group. 
How did you start to become interested in in this school and Ramtha and in Jay Z Knight's whole operation? Um, like most of us, perhaps we go through a crisis in our life. Uh, we're fairly vulnerable during those windows. And during that time in 88, 89 in New Zealand, I, I would consider myself uh, going through a crisis of, um, on every level. I had a good friend commit suicide. Uh, I was completely burnt out with my work. Uh, I had my two young children and my wife that was struggling to keep the mortgage guy. And basically, uh, I thought there's got to be more to life. You know, there's got to be an understanding that um, why we're doing all this and why we're here. Uh, so I started to explore b- books and uh I'm not a what you would call a. I think regard myself as a spiritual fanatic or a seeker, but I started to want some answers. So in that, I visited different groups, and uh, one time I was in a, I think it was a spiritualist church where they do mediumship and so forth, and uh, uh, I met this fellow there that uh, had been to Yelm and been to this some so-called amazing school, and I said, "Look, the answers are here." in Ramford School of Enlightenment, and there's, there's uh, miracles happening here, there's healing happening in school. Uh, there's anything you can imagine is bringing you to that place of peace and enlightenment. Just try it out. So basically, I was recruited uh, in that while I was in that vulnerable state. Perhaps you could also see it, Brian, is that if you're, if you're in a crisis state, then your ability to think critically is, is weakened. If you're sick or if you're under stress, if you're frightened, uh, that's where most people are going to be vulnerable to these cults. And uh, it, I don't think it matters what kind of education you've had, uh, what kind of status you are in society, position. We can all reach a lapse of critical thinking and get poured in. And this is what happened to me back in 89 uh, mm. when I joined this cult. Did you think that there was anything unbelievable about the details of of Ramtha himself? I mean, uh, it seems like there might be a, a divide between the teachings and then the explanation for those teachings. So what, what was going through your mind when you started to learn more about it and learn uh, exactly yeah, where these are supposed to be coming from? Anybody with a mind that's working will, will see it as unbelievable. But... Um, you know, it's human, human nature to believe in the unbelievable, so that's not a, a, a fault. But what is the attraction is that you're convinced that it's possible. Uh, it's the unbelievable part that you're asked to not to believe in. You know, that's the tricky part. This is a very, very clever marketing of, of most cults. Um, you're asked not to believe, but to su- suspend disbelief. Hmm. It's a slight shift. So if you suspend your disbelief just for a while, because it's your, it's your um, disbelief that is your problem. Now, if you if you're a, want a miracle in your life, a healing, if you think spiritually, a faith, prayer, if you can just believe just for a moment or suspend disbelief, leave that open, just be open-minded, just for a, a short period of time, then... This is where the miracles lie. This is where the, the path to enlightenment will be found. So that's, to me, that's fairly reasonable thinking. So in that, that's the first door that's opened into your mind or that's the first defense level that you actually put aside and uh, uh, take the next step into you know, the abyss of a, of a cult uh, experience. 
These days, a lot of people might have heard of this documentary that was made a few years ago. This is after you left, um, called What the Bleep Do We Know, um, that was made by followers of Jay-Z Knight. And uh, there's a lot of things going on in that in that documentary, but basically it's about uh, the fact that they claim that, that you can change reality with your mind, these, this power of mind over matter and this, this power of positive thinking. And it's sort of couched in these semi-scientific terms. There's a lot of lip service paid to quantum physics and things like that, neurology and this, these explanations for all of these ideas. Was that going on when you were sort of diving into this cult? Did they try to couch their ideas in these, these scientific terms? And what the bleep um, came, that's a production uh, put together by Renfer students, RSE students. Uh, Jay-Z Knight was very much involved in that uh, production. Now, that, was, that particular movie was made um, in the late 90s. Uh, that was where I'd quit RSE, but was pretty much still in recovery mode, put it that way. Uh, I do know most of the people that uh, put that... Uh, production together. I know the director personally. Uh, I know several of the actors and participants. And um, now it's a very, very, very clever uh, twist to bring pseudoscience into uh, spirituality and twist the, the whole premise into, um, into the foundation of, of their, uh, um, I don't even like to call it religion, but basically mindset. Uh, Brian, let me give you an example of how that the people thought, how those people put that move together, where they're at. Um, like I say, I, I know, still know some of the people, the key people that put that movie together. And Betsy Shassi, uh, one of the directors of that movie, uh, I just so happened uh, to be at um, a birthday party. We both have young children and I uh, got to talk to her. And she was having a, a, a wine toast, uh, which wine is uh, an integral part of this organization, pretty much getting blasted on wine and calling that uh, some kind of spiritual uh, uh, experience. But anyway, talking to Betsy, she wanted to have a toast to her follow-up movie, to the What the Bleep. And I was pretty blunt. I said to Betsy directly, I said, Betsy, I'm not going to toast you for this movie. I believe you've done a lot of damage uh, to, to put this first movie out. And she said to me, quite rightly, how so? And I said, well, first of all, the science in this movie is pseudo. It's, excuse my language, it's bullshit. And I expected her to come back with her usual argument uh, supporting the science, but no, she didn't. She looked me straight in the face. She said, yeah, the science is bullshit. Uh, I understand that. I said, well, what the hell? Why should, I, why should anybody celebrate another one of these pieces, these, these uh, horrible things? Uh, she said, because it gets people to think. Mm. I, I was just stunned, Brian. To, 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 this, is, this is a director of this movie saying that she understood the, the movie was, was uh, you know, the science was bogus. And, uh, and is saying that, well, the, it's justifiable because it gets people to think because the masses out there are not thinking, and uh, the end justifies the means, basically, whatever it takes to wake them up. We'll get back to David's story in just a second, but I wanted to take a moment to ask you a favor. If you like Consequence, 
please take a minute and leave us a good review on iTunes. It really does a lot toward promoting the show to new listeners. And if you or someone you know has had an experience with pseudoscience or the paranormal and wants to share it with us, it's easy. Just email consequence at randy.org. That's consequence at r-a-n-d-i dot o-r-g. Now let's get back to the show. Let's talk about your personal story. Um, how did you get to the point where you decided to, I guess, pack up and move to the United States and, and live in Washington with these people? Uh, it's a process uh, that I, I went through. Uh, a pro- and it's basically, that's how this organizing, organization works. It's a process of indoctrinations of levels. And uh, my first level introduction was, uh, I guess there's a term called love bombing. And you go there and basically you're seeing all the wonderful uh, camaraderie uh, and the, the potentials in very, very, you know, the energy is very good. Um, you feel that this could be a, a wonderful community to be a part of, if you like, uh, finally um, a family of people that... Uh, reach, wanting to reach the same goals as you. Um, you want to not only, if you like, improve your own spirituality and become well and um, be a, a, um, a positive part of society, but you're also joining a group that is becoming very dynamic and very powerful in that. And so the first stage is that you, you arrive and um, you, you do the practices and they're very, very intense. Um, very loud music, uh, a lot of uh, deep uh, breathing, you know, uh, blowing, um, how would I describe that? Uh, uh, pretty much exhausting yourself with just blowing air, holding your hands in a certain, certain position, and um, visualization. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a process of um, undermining your critical thinking that is, is very, very uh, successful in that so the first level you basically go there and you're you're meeting people some of these people are claiming they've they've had miraculous healings from cancers and so forth of course there's no evidence no real evidence of that some of these people are what they call shills um they're stooges set in place by jay-z knight uh, to get the group to think these uh, miracles are really happening so you get caught up in the, in the whole um experience and so, uh, and you're you're convinced by J.C. Knight Ramper that this is the only place on the planet this is taking part, and uh, in Yelm, Washington, in this school, and uh, to continue with this experience and uh, evolution, you need to be return, and uh, to cap it off, just before you leave, uh, you're in this heightened state of happiness and um, euphoria. And you can imagine if you're in this kind of state of mind, then she drops a bombshell that pretty much humanity, uh, the world is going to fall into uh, Armageddon and destruction. And the only way you're going to save yourself and your family is to follow these teachings and instructions through Rentha uh, to start preparing for that, you know, as in digging underground bunkers and storing food and uh, preparing yourself, protecting yourself from the pending... Um, uh, doomsday predictions. 
So how does that translate into a cult? When we think about cults, we often think about uh, religions that are basically there to make one or just a few people rich. You know, their, their followers give them a lot of money. Like how how did that manifest itself? Were you giving money to her? And, and if so, what for? Uh, the money is really the, the cost of the enrollment and for the classes, so-called classes. Um, and then in that enrollment, you are on... Um, a timeline of groups. Now you evolve, you, you, you work your way through the groups uh, and each group has a certain name. In my time we had a certain color we wore and we were given a name. Now when, when you to reach that group you have to be initiated through certain stages of the cult um, practices and these now I can see uh, basically sensory um, deprivation type exercises or um, just completely immersion into brainwashing um, kind of activities but the um, the main thing is that you you're caught in this uh, hierarchy of, um, of structure that you're working your way up through now if you miss a class uh, you go back to go you, you, you go down the snake, if you like, a snake's notice, and you, you have to start again. So the idea is, she set it up, is that it's, um, it's uh, levels that you have to reach in consciousness, and you cannot take a break from that. So that's one of the things that uh, keeps you hooked in there and keeps you returning uh, time and time again. Now, what makes it a cult? Uh, this argument has been going on for, for years, I think, in the, in the professional field, that very few psychiatrists, psychologists like to call any person or a, a cult leader or any group a cult until it's had its meltdown. Uh, and then they come out in droves to say, yes, this is a cult, this is a cult leader. Uh, and they're pretty much silent before then. And I think it's time to, to call a spade a spade in that regard. Uh, a cult, to me, is an organization that is absolutely deceptive. Uh, its main aim through its cult leader is uh, power, uh, is monetary gain, um, is just that self-grandizement that is completely hidden from public view. But a cult is uh, a, an organization that is set from the center uh, as somebody that's, um, if you kind of unravel it in the end, is this kind of sociopathic mindset that wants total don uh, dominion over uh, a group of people. and. In that process, it's highly likely that it will have a meltdown eventually, and then show its um, form, you know, uh, when it's too late. Uh, so my my worry in my work, if it's in a sense, is to help people understand that this is a classical cult, destructive cult, and uh, let's not mess around and think that um, there's something kind of benevolent about this organisation. It's rotten to the core, and if um, people really want to look at this, if they're thinking of exploring this organization, then look deeper. Don't take it as face value. That's one of the biggest mistakes that we make in our society and these, or how these cults are so prevalent, uh, so many of them in our society, that we're not looking close enough. We accept what's on the face value of uh, what's presented. And it's done so well, Brian. It's just done, you know, she's a, a, an expert. These people are experts. Uh, presenting a face that um, it's quite harmless and quite wonderful, actually. 
So tell me what the other people who are going to the school are like. What kind of people did you meet when you got there? Um, well, good people. This is the other side of um, what a cult is. It's not full of deranged maniacs or fools, idiots. I, I met so many well-educated people. Um, I'm not an educated person, Brian. I was pretty much brought up in uh, working-class East London uh, on the streets. Uh, I missed my schooling through truancy and um, all kinds of weird stuff happening as a kid. So, But for me to be amongst the, the crowd at RSC, uh, I was just surprised at the, the levels and diversity of, of people there from all around the world, uh, PhDs everywhere, uh, theologians, I met a Catholic priest there, I met a surgeon, uh, one of my partners for a while there was a surgeon, um, doctors, uh, you name it, and um, teachers, psychologists, so the, the and just men, men off the street, men and women off the street that just uh, uh, uneducated, perhaps like myself. And so I feel that being amongst these people that were willing to go out on a limb and uh, explore, you know, beyond uh, the norms to, to, to bring about an under, greater understanding, I felt privileged to be amongst these people. Mm. So, yeah, it's every kind of walk of life. And uh, my friend... Uh, Joe Zimhart, who would describe himself as a culty programmer, often gets asked uh, in an audience what kind of people join a cult. Uh, and he says straight away, I'm looking at them. And this is the, the problem that uh, most people, most people in society believe uh, they, they or their family members could, couldn't get caught up in a so-called cult. Mm. And that's, um, that's not, just not so. So tell me about when you started to, I guess, lose your faith in this, in this cult and these teachings. Was there one particular moment, or was it a process? There was a couple of um, key moments, codec moments, perhaps, uh, I could talk about. Uh, there's so many, Brian, it could take another hour just to scratch the surface. But I'll give you a couple of key moments that really shook me up and got me to rethink, get my going again about what I was doing and uh, what was really going on and there was several practices that um, Rantha had convinced us to participate in and the practice basically uh, a method to dehumanize ourselves uh, and this is to be in a cult you pretty much have to eventually be dehumanized uh, to get into a, to that degree and these Occurrences, uh, one of these occurrences involved us um, being blindfolded, and I say us as over a thousand members, as you can imagine, getting blindfolded. Uh, these blindfolds, what you perhaps use on a flight, long distance flight to cut out the daylight. So imagine us all wearing blindfolds and um, then being instructed to line up in this huge field, this huge paddock at, uh, at the J.C. Knight's compound, they call it the ranch. So we're lined up approximately 500 individuals on either side of a huge, huge field lined up against a fence um, and opposing opposite each other. Um, so imagine you, in your mind you've got over a thousand people split in two, facing one another, blindfolded, across a huge field that's perhaps about... Um, I don't know, 100 yards apart, uh, at least 100 meters apart, 
And then you're instructed to run as fast as you can to the other side of the fence, to, to reach the other side of the fence. Well, how are you going to know when you hit the other side of the fence? Well, exactly that. You're going to hit it. You're not going to see it coming. Now, if you're truly, truly going to surrender your fear to this experience, then you're going to overcome your fear. You're going to, the part of you, perhaps your, um, um, your greater mind, as Renter would, would state it to be, your psychic abilities, your metaphysical abilities, going to kick in and protect you. Now, if you have fear, then uh, the fear is going to kick in. The fear is going to manifest. And this exercise is going to prove that your mind creates reality. You know, the bit of the quantum field, um, uh, bogus science that's in this movie you just mentioned. So in that exercise, you have an opportunity to overcome your fear and then prove that your mind creates reality. Go to a greater place inside yourself where the fear doesn't reside. Don't worry. Don't be concerned that you're going to injure, your, injure yourself. Don't worry. Don't be concerned if you're going to knock somebody else down and injure them. And I'm talking about men, women and children in this group of over a thousand. And so you're lined up and then you're told, run. And of course, uh, I'm just terrified. I'm just uh, starting this exercise. And I think, well, I don't want to hurt somebody else. Regardless, um, I like an exercise where I put myself at risk, but to put other individuals at risk, uh, this is not acceptable. But then I thought, well, wait a minute. What do I know? These people are all going to do this, as frightened as they are. And Ramthas knows better, because I believed in the existence of Ramtha. So we all don our blinders, and we run. And, and without exception, just everybody runs across this field. And, of course, what happens in the middle of this field is that we run into one another, and people are, are knocked down, and people are, have broken bones, broken noses. People are crying. People are very, very hurt. Uh, I guess about at least one tenth of those people, but we're taught we're, we're told not to help, not to stop, not to take our blinders off, uh, not to step back and pick somebody up if we've knocked them down. We keep running, and this is what I did. I brushed somebody very hard, but I didn't knock anybody down, so I felt great relief, and I made it to the other side of the field by hitting the fence, and then was just shaking, and could hear people crying, uh, and and. Again, told not to help them. And then I thought, well, oh, my God, what the hell just happened? And then we were told, instructed to turn around and do it a second time. And this we did. Now, people were taken to hospital. People were injured afterwards when we took our blindfolds off and went back into the, the hall. Uh, the, they call it the great arena. I could see people injured. And that was one of the exercises, just one of them. Uh, dehumanizing exercises I participated in uh, and I followed through but now you know it helped me in a sense in that time to, to start chipping away to help me wake up that gives you an idea Brian of some of the things that we were doing and it still goes on uh, that you do once you're under that, that kind of control you know of um, let's say it, uh, you know sociopathic mindset hmm. so you said that, that there were children involved too. So these aren't just adults who have come to this cult of their own volition. These are people who've brought their entire families? Exactly, yes. And there's um, uh, what RSC, JC Knight, has formed a non-disclosure document, NDR, I believe this official term, is that when you sign up for classes, you sign off uh, all responsibility that you're not going to sue JC Knight, RSC, for any injuries uh, any trauma, 
that you're completely doing this of your own volition and um, uh, choice, and uh, you sign off for those children as well. And that's one of the things that I've been speaking so strongly about is the involvement of children in this organization, which there are many. And um, shamefully, I would say that at that time, if I could get my children from New Zealand to come over, I would have done so. If I had the resources to bring my kids into that place, I would have done so. That was the, the, the extent of, of my uh, um, belief in the, in, this, in, this, in the organization. Wow. So how difficult was it to, to extricate yourself from that situation when you decided that you were going to, to get out? Um, you know, what made you make that decision? And then did you get any sort of pushback for that? Yeah, uh, it took, I think, and I'm still in that process. I'm talking about 10 years now working on cleaning this out of my mind and understanding what happened to me. Uh, at this point, um, I just see it as a process I went through uh, to get myself out. Now, the initial choice to step back was more a case of, well, I'm just going to give myself a little break here. I just um, can't make it. And, and in fact, Brian, I didn't have the funds. I needed $1,200 to pay for my next uh, event to stay current. And I had about $900 <clears throat> saved up for this event, and I couldn't raise this extra $300. Now, my, in my position in the USA, I was an undocumented alien, so I was there uh, – pretty much overstayed my my working visa, uh, sorry, my visitor's visa, as a lot of people are that come in from abroad. So we're pretty much in hiding, and my work is basically uh, just uh, menial work for people. Eventually, I started to build underground bunkers. Uh, I do have some carpentry skills, so I got into helping people build these bunkers, and that was my main income. But at that time, I just couldn't make the extra $300, so I missed that event. And that was a blessing that gave me enough space away to recover enough thinking, you know, critical thinking to see, you know, this is, I better just stay away a little bit more. So, yeah, it was, a, it was basically a slow chipping away of the concrete, of the, I don't know, the, the, the bars around my mind, that um, the prison that uh, I, I'd uh, been um, caught up in. And it was very hard, Brian, because you, your whole community is in the organization, is in this cult. You, everything, your, your, your social life, your friends, your spiritual standing is there. Your future, if you've dedica already dedicated seven years of your life into the, into the organization, into the, the, the mindset, uh, it's, it's much harder. The, the more invested, if you like, the harder it is to, to look at. It's been a total waste uh, of, of your life, and not only that, of the sacrifice and the loved ones that you left behind and abandoned for that. It's a very, very hard reckoning to come to, to come to terms with. And then you're frightened uh, on many levels. Like I say, I was uh, an undocumented alien, uh, uh, perhaps not an illegal alien at that time, but an undocumented alien hiding away from uh, the authorities. You are feeling that if you fail, you're perhaps doubt is coming back in and all the, all the work that you're doing, it's been a waste. The, the end of the world scenario, uh, doomsday scenario, she's still piping that one with the 2012 uh, madness. 
and it's very very frightening place to be in a lonely place and uh you you pretty much are out there on alone there's nowhere in society to turn to uh because um society is not equipped to deal with uh people surviving a cult um so yeah it's uh it's a very very difficult place hence not many people actually get out can get out and when they do they're pretty much alone um and my work has been to help people um find each other that have been in this cult in other cults too and in that we've created i helped create a website uh that we have a, a, a live forum where people can find each other and talk about their experiences uh their doubts which is a, a key element of waking up and um help one another uh, the website is called enlightenmefree.com uh, and uh, we have like I say an amazing forum with thousands of posts and and threads and different topics and uh we just invite people to come there anonymously and uh find us and just start talking and sharing and, and helping each other if you like um uh recover our minds and hearts and um just take make these steps in secondary to what we're doing there is to uh, warn the public uh, about Jay-Z Knight's organization and other cults and perhaps uh, some way if we can help shut her down um and the problem is Brian that she's operating a school without a license an international school with absolutely no checks and balances for a license uh to do so and yet the authorities um just turn a blind eye and this is just astounding to us that she is getting away with this for all these years over 20 years now very difficult for cult members of any cult to to find a doorway out because who can they turn to um yours what you're doing um with the Randy James Randy Foundation is fantastic it's just uh you're one of the few organizations through Randy who actually helped me so much and has helped a lot of people through his work um and to help you know people understand how this is done how how the mind can be formed how we can be uh convinced through these people that this is legitimate and i just so much appreciate van randy's work over the years to to help people uh educate people understand uh what this is about that's all the time we have for consequence special thanks to david mccarthy for sharing his story there's a lot more to it that we didn't even touch on so look for david again in the very near future in the meantime check out his website enlighten me free at enlightenmefree.com. If you've been harmed by pseudoscience, superstition, or the paranormal, and you want to share your story on the show, please get in touch by emailing consequence at randy.org. That's consequence at r-a-n-d-i dot o-r-g. Consequence is a production of the James Randi Educational Foundation. To find out more about the JRF's mission to promote science, skepticism, and critical thinking, just visit randy.org. Consequence is produced by me, Brian Thompson, and our music is by Planet Shifter. Thanks for listening.